I thank God for his love and yours forever. His mercies are new every morning. As my sister has earlier introduced me, I'm Prosikom Himbo, the daughter of the Most High. I thank God for this opportunity to be used by him as his mouthpiece. I thank All Saints Management for inviting me once again. Let us pray again. Lord, I draw close to you today. Grateful that you draw close to us as you promised in your word. We long to be in your praises. We want to know you in every way we can. Teach us what we need to know in order to know you better. We don't want to be people who are always learning and never be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. My Father, my God, we want to know the truth about who you are. Because we know that you're near to all those who will call upon you, King of Kings. My God and my Father, we thank you because you never change. Your light is constant in our lives. No matter what we are going through, O King of Kings, you always shine your light upon us, O God. I ask you to shine upon me as I minister today. O my God and my Father, I surrender to you. I surrender to your authority today, even in King of Kings. Oh Lord, I'm really convinced that you're going to use me today, despite of what the devil is trying to do, because he knows that what you have for your children tonight is not in his line. So he has come as a stumbling block. Because of the faith I have in you, my God and my Father, I know you're going to drive this cough and the flu so that my voice will be audible enough and the words will come out actually and will have the impact that is intended for and will be fertile on the ground that is intended to be. Oh Lord, I ask you to teach me through today. Let me also join the rest and learn. Let me hear from you. Let whatever comes from my lips will be from your throne, my God and my Father. Hide me behind your cross, my God and my Father. I pray that you be seen, not me. I pray that you be heard, but not me, my God and my Father. I invite you to come and take over. I invite you to this meeting today. Let your praises fill this praise, O Lord. Wherever your children are, my God and my Father, let your praises be manifested. Let your glory be where our gadgets are, O King of Kings. I command, I took that Prince of the air that will not affect our airwaves, my God and my Father. Clear the airwaves, O King of Kings, that your word will come out clearly, that will not be arrested along the way, my God and my Father, because you God that hears us whenever we call you. Thank you, Lord, for suffering and dying on the cross for us, for raising again to defeat death and hell, so that the enemy will be defeated. Because of what you've done, O oh Lord, you've given us authority over him. So, O oh Lord and my God, we use that authority, O oh God, to trample on all the scorpions and the serpents within this meeting. O oh Lord, who waver and whatever in chatting in this evening in our prayer meeting, we use the same authority to disconnect them from this meeting, my God and my Father. And whoever comes in, let him not go the same. Let him turn and know that you are Christ and Lord. Let him know that you're Lord over everything. Oh Lord, take charge. Take over. Take over my God and my Father as I minister today. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Amen. As my sister had already said, Part of day is Christ as Lord. Christ as Lord. And the scripture I've been given is from Romans 14.9. Romans 14.9. But I'm going to read it with 18. For KJV version, for the kingdom of God, sorry, for he that is in these things serves Christ and is acceptable and able for whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, tell her for or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and lost, and he revived. And he might be Lord, both of the dead and of the living. 
That is KJV. But when I look in the Living Bible, it is a bit simpler for people who like don't get KJV. Living Bible, we are on Romans 14, 8 to 9. Living or dying, we follow the Lord. Either way, we are his. Christ died and lost again for this very purpose so that we can, so that he can be our Lord, both while we live and when we die. Both while we live and when we die. When you look at this package, it seems to indicate that the Son of God was not the Lord of the living and the dead before. The successful of his ministry, his atonement, and his resurrection. Yet we all know this is not the case, as the word of God was eternally God before incarnation. When you look at John 1.1, it clearly tells you there was the word. Before anything else existed, there was Christ with God. He has always been alive and in himself God. Also, God took upon himself full humanity and lived as man. He never ceased to be the internal God who always existed, the creator, the sustainer of all things, and the source of internal life. The Son has been the Lord all from all eternity. All creation has always belonged to our creator in a sense that he made it and therefore allows no one, he allows no one take full responsibility because he is the creator. He does not allow anyone to take authority over it without his permission. He does not. Yet there is a sense in which human beings since the fall of Adam, have not belonged to the Lord. Having rejected our good God in Adam, the Lord allowed us to enslave ourselves to sin because by that defying him, we became sinners. And he let it happen. When you look in John 8.34, John 8.34, Jesus answered them most assuredly. I said to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Since that day, we came into the world, not as creators beloved possession, but as men and women who belonged in a sense to another person who was the devil. Who was the devil? Because the Bible clearly tells us whoever commits sin is a son, is a slave to sin. Apart from his grace, we are children of the devil. Not let the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees we see in the Bible. We are by nature the children of the wrath. So Christ's death and resurrection provided the ransom price by which we are taken from sin and Satan and restored to a state in which we belong to God. Not merely as creatures, but as his children. But as his children. So Christ as Lord in the passage in Romans 4, 9, refers to his resurrection and the means, refers to his resurrection and means that he restored to life in order that we might exercise dominion over the living and the dead. So that we may exercise dominion over the living and the dead. By the way, when they say a Lord, a Lord is someone with authority, someone with control or power over others. It implies the idea of being like a proprietor or the owner of something. Like you have authority. It means to exercise the entire domain over everything as a solving lawgiver, as Lord. You know, when you have authority in home, like your parents, like whoever is there, the one who sits, the one who gives rules is the one in authority. So when they say Christ is Lord, we are looking at God being the supreme leader as having authority, as having dominion, over everything. But when we go and continue reading our scripture, Romans 14, 9, we look at saying both of the dead. 
So it comes to mind, what is that birth of the dead? That is of those who are deceased or who've gone to another state of existence still are also under the dominion of the mediator. The body might sink into its native dust with the assurance that in his own time, in God's own time, again he will call it forth with renovated and immortal powers because he has dominion over everything. So everything is subject to his will, with his view. We can do that. Because we know everything, he has control. No one else that controls. So that's what makes him Christ as Lord. And with this view, when we live, our friends, we have that confidence in their hands that when we die and yield our bodies tear-free, they'll go to dust, but they will be called upon because we know who we are, where we are going, and why Christ died for us. So when they say both that they are dead, doesn't mean that now when they die, that means the end. No, there will be judgment day. There will be eternity. So it is not like if I die, that means I'm dead completely or never. No, my spirit has just left the temple. And now it will be final. If you're a child of Christ, believe me or not, eternity has two options. It is either hell or heaven. And when it is going to heaven, automatically it will join the body. When you look at the Bible, it tells us that there is a house. That is built for us. That is where our spirit go. So when, behold, friends, when something happens, you know that you're safe because you're a child of God. And when it continue with our scripture, they talk about and his Lord of the living. What does it really come to when I see the living? That is the redeemed. While they remain in this life, he died to purchase them to himself that he might become, they might become obedient subjects and they are born to yield obedience by all values of the price which he paid for each of us. That's what it means, the living. So when they, they say, hurry, hurry, are you God? The redeemed will bow before you. The angels will sing. That's what it means. When you look in 1 Corinthians 6.20, For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. This loving sacrifice of God ought to be the motivation to live a holy and a pure life. Whatever we do in word and deed, Action and attitude, mind and motive, may we all do it unto the Lord. Whether we live or die, let us do all this to praise him and glorify him forever and ever. Let us not be enslaved by the world. Let us not be enslaved. Let us keep ourselves as pure as virgins, following the Lamb wherever he goes, for we have been purchased from among the people on earth as a special offering to God and to the Lamb. So the dominion of Christ over the dead and the living is connected with his death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It is secured over the Christian from the fact that we are purchased and ransomed by his precious blood, that we are not bound by this sacred consideration to live to him. God ransomed us from the tyranny of sin, not with money, but precious blood of his own son Christ which marked the fulfillment of his role as Lord, both of the dead and Lord of the living in the lives of all those who trust him. So one of the reasons that Christ died 
a cruel death on Calvary's cross and rose again on the third day was so that he could give life to all who believe on his name so that he could become Lord of our new life in Christ that promises eternal life and life more abundantly and life more abundantly Christ was made sin for us so that we might become righteous it became sin for us so that we might become the righteous of God in him through our lives we should be willing servants and devoted disciples we should seek to do everything as unto the Lord for it was to this end that Christ died and lived again that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living both of the dead and the living Christ by his death and resurrection established dominion over the grave. He destroyed him that had power of death. Christ became patterns with men and women for the purpose of saving them from the penalty of death. Christ became patterns the day he surrendered. Then he died and he resurrected. Then he established that dominion. Oh God, I love that when I read it. When we look at Hebrews 2.14, Hebrews 2.14, since the children, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shed in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death is the devil. The one who was holding the power was the devil. But Jesus came. He became human so that who could die, he could die and rise again in order to destroy the devil's power over death. Can you imagine? So that he could really eh, deliver us, eh, destroy that power only that Christ could deliver those who had lived in constant fear of death and free them and live for him. When we belong to God, we don't need to fear death. We don't need to fear death. Death is only the doorway into eternal life. But brethren, it amuses me. You know what's funny? Even believers, the mention of death, everyone runs. Yet we know that you are living for eternity. We know this world we are in is a training ground, is an acting ground. This is not our home. We are passing through. When we are talking to people, we usually tell them heaven is glorious, is where we want to be. Here on planet, we are suffering. Everything is corrupted. Everything is not good. Everything in heaven is good because in eternity, when they talk about eternity, there are two options. They either heaven or hell. And here we are children of God. So we do believe we are going to go in our house. We are going to go home where there will be music, where there will be jubilating, where there will be no pain, where there will be no suffering. Meaning here we are walking through. So when they talk about death, it is only a doorway into internal life. But behold, we fear that internal life. What makes us fear to go home? Brethren, what makes us fear after God ransomed? Now we know that he's there. We know what he did for us. We know Christ is Lord. By the moment eternity is mentioned, we all call back and run away. Let us examine ourselves. What brings the fear. Yet, the one we believe in, the one we trust in, sacrificed so that we'll be delivered from fear of death and we want to know we live for him. When we look at Colossians 2.15, having disarmed prosperities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. So at this point, we see Satan is humbled for, and his scepter over the grave is taken from his hands. You know, 
we know when like certain that time he lost the battle he lost it in spite of the all the power of Satan and the people imagine a lord burst the bands of death and made the bands of death he came out envisioned it and took dominion of the dead and he saw he showed how he had authority and power control over all Christ as Lord, he delivers, he protects, he rules, he defends us from enemies, he reigns in and over them. But do we know who we are? Do we know what precious gift we do have for him being our Lord and our King? Do we know our benefits? When you look again, the dominion of the Lord as Christ is felt by the spirits even on high. They subject to him because he redeemed them. If the spirits on high subject to Christ the Lord and we do not, what is wrong with us? Let's read, uh, read Revelation 5, 9 to 10. Revelation 5, 9 to 10. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seal for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests our God and we shall reign on earth. And we shall reign on earth. Hallelujah. In the scripture, we see praises to Christ as Lord. We see how it is praising God as Lord over everything. We see worship. We see exaltation. We see the bowing down to Christ as Lord. In these scriptures, we see the praises. One, he was killed. Two, he ransomed us with his blood. Three, he gathered us into his kingdom. Four, he made us priests. Five, he appointed us to reign on the earth because Jesus had already paid it all. Had paid it all for nothing. He did not. He paid it all for us. But behold, we do not know what he paid for us because of the way we live. Our attitudes, our actual actors, our mindset is still an Egyptian mindset that is not redeemed, that is not revived, that is not ransomed. Our mindset is not redeemed. We don't see Christ as Lord. When I realize the glorious future that awaits us, I find strength in facing all my challenges. I find strength to stand whether I'm mocked because of my faith, I don't give up. Because God is serving. And indeed, Christ is Lord. Because of too much he has done for us, he makes me wonder, Lord, when I see, I usually tell my family and they usually laugh and when it is my time. And God knows I have a purpose. I have an agenda. He put me here on planet for a reason. And he's the only one. Why he knows why I'm here. And when God knows that my time is up, he will take me. And I will say, thank you, Jesus, as long as I have done the assignment of which he created me. We are created to glorify him. We are created to do that that is assigned to us. But I wonder, if we do what we are supposed to do. When you look at Christ, Christ as Lord, he's the ruler, the boss, the master of our lives. He died and rose and lived again that we might be the Lord, both of the dead and the living. The Lord of both the dead and the living. By the death has very many types. You can be here still walking, but actually sometimes you're dead. But behold, brethren, we will not benefit from his lordship. We will not benefit if we do not do most of the things that align with his will. 
if we continue in hiding, if we continue not understanding who we are in Christ, if we do not understand who he is and what he did for us, and we do not align to his will, we will not benefit from his lordship. One, we must totally surrender to him. We must totally. There is nothing like have surrender. No, we must totally surrender to him. He must be given control of entire life, the whole of it. He alone has power and authority to set free from sin's control. He's the only one. No one else. No one else has that power. When we attempt to control our lives, disregarding God, we set a course that leads us direct to hell. So we must yield our lives to him. We must take our hands off the controls of our lives and allow him to be completely in control. Let us hand the last key, everything we are hiding. Let's hand over that last key. We sit with Christ on his throne as soon as we've surrendered all our crowns. Let's surrender all our crowns that we have made and make him the sole and only ruler of our lives and his possessions. That is when we recognize Christ as Lord. But when we do not surrender, behold, Christ will not notice that he is Lord. You will not understand what it means, Christ as Lord. Two, we must acknowledge his ownership. We must acknowledge his ownership. His Lord, <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me. We must acknowledge his ownership. His Lordship involves total and unreserved obedience. When I'm talking about obedience, I'm talking about both horizontal and vertical. If he's the Lord of our lives, we are going to do what he tells us to do, not basing on our emotions. We must be ready to obey to his supremacy. We have to learn to submit ourselves to the authority of God. He's all-knowing. He has a good plan for us like Jeremiah has. It is not about just doing the way we want and we think we are obeying him. When you look at Ecclesiastics 12, 13, 14, if you look at Ecclesiastics 12, 13, 14, says the duty of man is to fear God and obey him. That is our duty. To fear God and obey him. God will review every person's life to determine how he is, how she responded to him. He will bring every deed into judgment. He will bring everything you committed. He, he sees everything. He's all knowing. There's nothing hidden before him. Have we committed our lives to Christ or we've committed our lives to human beings? God looks at the heart. Do our lives measure up to his standards? What we do, our attitudes, our actions, our words, our dress code, does it measure up? When we are in difficult situations, when we are faced with the storms, in the valleys, in the mountains, is he still Lord? Brethren, whatever the difficulties and iniquities and inequalities of life in the midst of the blessings of prosperity, whether you're up there, in everything you are, honoring God and obeying his commands alone will bring happiness and fruitfulness on earth as well as in the life to come. If you don't honor and obey God, then Christ as Lordship doesn't apply to you. Three, the Lordship of Jesus Christ involves willing service. If I'm talking about willing service, 
reminds me, there must be time in our lives eh, when we, like Prophet Isaiah, when we are willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard, Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. God calls people to serve him based on their availability. And this has been the case from time immemorial. There is no record of God calling anyone to serve him based on their background, qualification, status, or connections. God looks at the heart, a willing and available heart. God overlooks our weaknesses. If we avail ourselves, God will not go to those weaknesses. He overlooks everything. He is God and his Lord. He does not choose according to who we are. Moses had an issue of speech, but God used him to deliver a whole nation of Israel. Look at Gideon. Look at Jeremiah. God used many people. Look at Mary. The Lord does not choose like man. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. Your money, your fame, your position in society does not matter. You have all the money in the world. But if you do not avail yourself, God will not use you. You may not have money at all. But if you don't avail yourself, God will not use you either. He is not interested. God is not interested in your ability. He is interested in your availability. He is interested in your availability. So when he becomes God, Christ as Lord. Let's avail ourselves to his lordship. He will surely do with us what he desires to do with us. Let us seek him diligently. Christ as Lord will not brace us because we are the smartest or the most qualified, as I've already said, or the most talented. No. God will bless him because you make it a goal. Seek him. <coughs> Seek him diligently. It means that you must Excuse me. It means that we must give ourselves to the quest of God with a priority, with a position. We don't have to invest in any other pursuit. God must be first in our hearts. We must be ready to sacrifice anything else in order to see his face. Our hearts must be packed of any conflicting interest, of any competing desire, God's goodness and blessing overflows in our lives. That is when Christ is God. But if we do not think of all that, then behold, brethren, we are not doing God a favor. He ransomed himself for us because he's God. As I, as I conclude, Christ as Lord is therefore before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn of the dead. For he died and lost and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and living. His Lordship is inseparably linked to the name Jesus. Paul said Delaphore, God highly exalted him and given him the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow for those in heaven and those on earth and of those on earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Redship was at the very heart of Jesus' redemptive plan on the cross. That's why Paul makes this clear in Romans 14, 8, 9. Our scripture for today. For we live for the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lost again, that he might be Lord 
of the dead and the living. Thank you. Let us pray. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for holding me up up to this time. Indeed, your Lord and your King, your God of impossibilities. The fact that I was not talking at all, but when it came to be used as your mouthpiece, you gave me that strength. You renovated me. I thank you, King of Kings. I thank you, Lord of Lords, that you've taken me this far. Indeed, you're holy and righteous. I leave no greater joy in love than entering into your presence to exalt you with worship and praise. Oh Lord, I'll praise you all the time. I'll praise you continuously in my mouth. Oh Lord, I thank you because your Lord, your King, you're over everything. Your Lordship is above. You are a good God. You know, even when we are passing through difficult situations, you're good. You know that nothing is good outside of you. Thank you, God, for helping and teaching us to trust you. Oh, Lord and my Father, I thank you for everyone who has logged in today. And God, give each of them as a part of my word. Let each of them Go with a fresh anointing and something new to hold on, my God and my Father. I thank you for this word. Thank you for teaching us new things every day. Thank you, O Lord, for we will never withdraw in your praises. You always have something for us. You always teach us something because you are our heavenly Father. Lord, forgive us where we failed short of glory. Forgive us when we've run away from responsibilities. Forgive us where we've been disobedient. Forgive us, O oh Lord, where we failed to avail ourselves. My God and my Father, forgive us when we failed to inquire from you. Forgive us when we failed to come into your praises, my God and my Father. We worship you, we exalt you, King of Kings. Give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Over to you, Maureen. <coughs> amen. Amen. We thank the Lord for the message we have received. Christ as Lord. We give all the glory back to him. We give all the honor back to him. Thank you, our sister Prosy, for allowing to be used of God. And yes, friends, we are going to respond to the message. We are going to respond in prayer. Yes, let us take a few minutes off to respond to this message. We have heard the message. We have all, we have all heard the message. And I want to encourage us to meditate on the message that we have heard. Let us not just listen in and leave it at that. Let us meditate on this message. And as we pray, I want to encourage each one of us wherever that we shall all be in prayer. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you for the message that we have received through your servant, Prosy. Lord, we do not take it for granted that you've given us such a message at such a time, in such a season, Lord. We come back to you to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the message that you've given to us. Thank you for having used your servant, Prosy, even when she is not well. Lord, we have had her cough. But we believe that, Father, you're, you're healing her. And, Father, we trust that, yes, a time will come and she will testify of your goodness. She will testify of the healing that you gave her. We also pray for others that are not well, those that are on call this evening and those that are close to us and those that we know that are not well physically and those that are not well emotionally. Lord, we speak healing in the name of Jesus. Father, your word says that at the stripes that you suffered, that you suffered, Lord, they, are, they were meant to make us well. And so, Lord, we speak healing in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name, that at the name Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And so, Father, we are waiting, we are expectant, we are expectant to receive the healing, to receive the healing, and we shall testify amongst rogues of people about the healing that you give to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, King of Kings. This we pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen. Friends, as we continue in prayer, 
as we continue in prayer, as, as our sister Priscilla was speaking to us about Christ as Lord, we have most of us, almost times we have given into temptation. Even when we have a way out, we have still given into temptation and ended up in sin. And so let us come back to him in repentance. Let us come back to him in repentance. Yes, let us come back to First Corinthians 10.13. It reminds us, it says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. My master, we have given into temptation. Even when you have given us a way out so that we can stand up under it, Lord, we have still given into temptation. We have still ended up in sin. My master, we ask for mercy. We ask for mercy, Father. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us where we have given into temptation, where we have given into temptation and ended up in sin. Lord, we ask for mercy. We ask for mercy, Lord. We ask for mercy. Even then, you remind us in your word in Luke twenty-two forty, Lord. You say you 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 told your servants that they should pray so that they will not fall into temptation. My Lord, forgive us while we have not given into your instruction of prayer so that we don't fall into temptation. Lord, we ask for mercy. Remember mercy for each one of us here, for each one of us on call, for even those that are not able to be on call, but they are with us, Lord. We ask for mercy, Lord. Have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Remember mercy, Father. Remember mercy, King of Kings. Father, we choose you. It is you that we choose. It is you that we choose, King of Kings. And friends, let us pray that he will give us the grace. He will give us the grace to withstand temptation, to withstand that we shall not give in to sin, that we shall not sin. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18 reminds us, For Christ died for sins once for all, once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring us back to God. Yes, King of Kings here, we come back to you. We ask, Father, give us the grace. Give us the grace. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, that even when we are tempted, we shall be, we shall be at the place of prayer so that we shall not give in to sin. My Lord, There is nothing impossible with you. That is what you say in your word in Luke chapter 1 verse 35. You say that there is nothing impossible with you. And so my master, give us the grace that we shall not fall into sin. Give us, give us the grace. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, King of Kings. Help us, Lord. Grant us divine assistance, Lord. Grant us divine assistance, my Father. For, Lord, we choose to live lives that bring glory to your name, which we want, we desire to please you, my Master. So, Lord, help us. Give us divine grace, divine assistance, my Master. Help us, Lord. For without you, without you, we are nothing. But with you, there is nothing impossible. Lord, as we pray, will you hear us? Friends, as we also continue prayer, let us pray that we shall have an attitude of humility. That even as we live, we shall have an attitude of humility, of meekness. That is what our Lord Jesus Christ exhibited as he lived his life. As he lived his life, let us have, let us pray that we shall live in humility, in humility, my master, where we have been proud, where we have been arrogant, as your people, Lord, forgive us, where we have been, we felt we are above each and every one else, my Lord and my master, we ask for mercy. Lord, we desire to live lives of humility. We desire to live lives, to, to live lives of meekness. 
But Lord, in our own strength, we can't. In our own wisdom, Lord, we can't. In our own righteousness, for Lord, you say, our righteousness is like filthy rags. My master, give us the grace to live lives of humility, to live lives of meekness, that when, when we live, we live for you, that whatever that we do, wherever we go, Lord, wherever we go, Lord, people will see you in us, that Father, your name will be glorified, your name will be lifted high, your name will be magnified. And friends, as, as our sister was preaching to us, she talked about living a surrendered life. Living a surrendered life. We are reminded of Paul in Galatians 2.20. He says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so here we are. Being reminded this evening that we should live surrendered lives, surrendered lives, surrendered to the Lord, to the King of Kings, to the one who ransomed us, to the one who died for us, to the mediator. My Lord, help us to live lives, lives that bring glory to your name. Help us, my master. That we shall surrender our lives total and completely to you. That everything we live, everything we do, everything, even our thinking, Lord, we subject our thinking to your Lordship, my Master. We surrender our lives, our everything, our families and everything, Lord, to you. To you, King of Kings, to you, and we totally surrender it to you. Take the will. My master, take the will, take the will in everything, in every aspect, whether in business, whether in our workplaces, whether in our families, whether in situations that do not make sense, Lord. We surrender everything, everything to you. We surrender it to you, Lord, and we leave it at your feet. For, Lord, let your name be glorified. Let your name be glorified. Let your name be exalted. Because just like Paul, just like your servant Paul, in your word in Galatians, yes, Lord, to the same as Lord, when we live, for we have been crucified with Christ, and we no longer live, but we live for you. King of kings, take the wheel. Our faith is in you. Our trust is in you. Our hope is in you alone. In you alone, our master. In you alone, king of kings. And friends, as we live lives that are surrendered to God, we should remember to be obedient to him. We should remember to be obedient to him in one way or the other. He has sent us out. He has spoken, but we have instead done away with that and we want to go with what we think is right. In one way or the other, we have been disobedient. We have been disobedient. Yes, and the Holy Spirit is here to convict each one of us, to remind us of those times where he has spoken, but we have instead been disobedient. My Lord, have mercy. Remember mercy. Yes, the enemy is there to accuse us. To accuse us is just standing right there at the throne to accuse us. But Lord, you are merciful, God. You are God of compassion, Lord. Remember mercy. Forgive us where we have been disobedient. Forgive us where we have put our own wisdom in your divine things, in the divine things we have brought our understanding. Lord, forgive us. My master, help us to live lives that are obedient to you. We want to be obedient. Give us the grace, my master. Give us the grace to be obedient to you, to be obedient to your leading, to be obedient to your guidance, King of Kings. Give us that grace, King of Kings. Help us, O oh Lord. Help us, King of Kings. Your word says obedience is better than sacrifice. That is what you say in your word. And so, Lord, help us. Give us divine help. Give us divine assistance that we shall be 
We shall live lives that are obedient to you, surrendered to you, submissive to you, Lord, submissive to you, because, Lord, we have been reminded that you are Lord. We have been reminded of your supremacy this evening. Yes, Lord, you still remind us in your word in Colossians chapter 1. Lord, you remind us that Christ is the firstborn of all creation. My Lord, give us the grace to be obedient, to be submissive, Lord, to be submissive to you. My Lord, take the wheel. Take the wheel, King of Kings, and friends, as as we pray, (coughs) let us pray that finally we shall seek the Lord diligently. Jeremiah 29, 13 reminds us that he says that if we seek him, we shall find him when we seek him with all our hearts. Yes, he still reminds us in scripture, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you, my Lord. Help us that we shall put you as our number one priority in issues of life. So you've given us everything we need for life and godliness. Help us that we shall seek you diligently, that we shall seek you wholeheartedly, that we shall seek you with everything within and about us. Father, not to seek for material things, but to seek you for who you are, for who you are. Your word in Matthew reminds us, yes, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And Father, we choose, that is what we choose to seek for, your kingdom, your righteousness, your truth, for who you are, my master. Give us the grace that we shall seek you, seek you diligently, seek you honestly with all our hearts, with all our hearts, Lord, with all our hearts. Father. Will you put that conviction in us every day, every morning, every afternoon, every evening to seek you, to seek you, to seek your face, to seek your righteousness, to seek you, Lord. For there, Lord, is freedom, is love, is patience, is faithfulness, my Lord and my Father. We say thank you even for this moment that we have had, for this moment that we have been reminded of your Lordship. Thank you, Father. Thank you for everyone who was able to log in. And those that are not able, Lord, we still say thank you because you knew exactly why they would not. And we bring all the glory and all the honor back to you. This we pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen.